Welcome to Hash Time with Navguzi Chiwanuka. This is a place where we help you unravel social constructs, discuss self-development in line with mental health, emotional well-being, and everything in between that directly or indirectly affects us in the millennial world around us. If you're hearing my voice for the first time and are the kind of person who is not scared of being a better version of yourself even if it requires you to contradict who you were 24 hours ago, consider this your virtual home. I'm your host, Navguzi Chiwanuka, and I cannot wait to engage with you in the various conversations. For today's insightful conversation, Dr. Anisata's question takes us on an exploration of mental health in Tanzania, and by the time this exploration comes to a stop, we shall have gotten insight into the culture perspective of mental health in Tanzania, how art therapy works, and what role mental health practitioners play in ending violence against women and children. Before we delve into this episode, I would like to let you know that this specific conversation is in commemoration of the Global South Arts and Health Week. So without further ado, let's dive into it. Dr. Christian, welcome to Hashtag with Navguzi Chiwanuka. I, I, I would have said both names, but Dylan is, I'm not very sure. Correct me, is it Anisetas? Anisetas. Perfect, not so much. <laughs> welcome to the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes. I'm more honored. You're the first Tanzanian on the podcast. The wow. very first one. You're opening the gates to Tanzania. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, really, okay. I really didn't see myself entering Tanzania this soon. So thank you for saying yes. I hope there will be more of Tanzanians in your podcast. I hope next so. podcast. I hope so. The and next episode here. Yeah. So for us to begin our conversation, could you please tell our listeners a bit about your background and what led you to your current role as a regional mental health services coordinator? My name is uh, Anisetas Christian. Mm-hmm. I am a medical doctor, like you mentioned. I am also an occupational therapist. I do a lot of things. You, you mentioned coordinating mental health services and in the region, but also mm-hmm. I volunteer as a country director for arts and medicine program or arts, arts, they call it arts in health program, where we use different forms of art, mm-hmm. helping people or patients who are hospitalized to help them recover quickly. So um, about a, a decade or more than a decade ago, Mm-hmm. I started my profession journey as an occupational therapist where I worked with uh, individuals with uh, functional impairment due to their illnesses. At that time, we used to help uh, these individuals or cli- clients, if I must call them, regain their functional ability, ability to take care of themselves, ability to uh, end their living as they were doing before they, their illness uh, set on. Uh-huh. So during that time, I met lots of people with mental health issues and um, there were not much I could do because I was working in a public setup where occupational therapy at that time was not given so much um, attention because uh, not so many people knew about occupational therapy, regardless of the effort that we did. Mm. Seeing the problem or the challenge that I had, I thought, oh, 
maybe I should do both. I should be an occupational therapist and a medical doctor at the same time. So I went back to school to do medicine. Uh, yeah. In my third, third year, I met a friend who introduced me into arts and medicine. So I applied to be a volunteer in, in the program where I learned uh, so much about arts in relation to medicine. And then I started the program in the country. After my uh, school, I went back to my post, to the hospital that I was working previously. Mm-hmm. And because given the background I had in occupational therapy and things I had seen, patients I had attended, it was easy for me to use art in people or uh, patients with uh, mental health conditions. So I started doing sessions and um, it was working and everybody could see the improvement that uh, patients had. So I was recommended in the position of coordinator for mental health services. I started my journey from there. Yeah. Yeah. So I coordinated uh, the services in 256 health facilities. 200. Where we help 200, yes, and 56 health facilities. One person? To help them. Yeah, no, not really. I am the regional mental health uh, care services coordinator, but we also have uh, in each district, we have about five districts. Mm-hmm. In each district, have a healthcare facilities. So there's a person that is coordinating those services in the district. So, yeah, I work with five uh, people uh, that coordinate services in those regions, in their regions. So I get all the reports and then sometimes we do uh, supportive supervision to see what is going down there and help in terms of medication, if they need medication, if they need more workers, for whatever that they need, we do help them. But... Also, I act as a link between the Ministry of Health in this area and the, and the local government. Okay. I don't know how it works in, in your country, but here we have the ministry, the ministry oversees the health care services in the country. And then there's region where we have a regional health management team, mm-hmm. which oversees the health care services in the region. And in those areas we have different areas there are those who coordinate maternal health for example mm-hmm. and there are those who coordinate uh, mental health like me and um, other services we do have the mental health desk i think okay i think that's what it's called in the ministry of health and i just learned about that last year and i was like wait what these guys are actually existing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Can you give us yeah. an overview of the current state of mental health in Tanzania? I think when I was doing some research before, mm-hmm. you know, having this conversation with you, I mm-hmm. realized that you guys in Swahili, there is a term for mental health. And I was like, that is interesting. Because I don't think... Afya, it's called Afya Yaakili. Afya Yaakili. Yes. That is like health of that the head. Means- Mental health. <laughs> <laughs> but Achilles is the head, is it? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Not so bad. 
Yeah. <laughs> what is the overview of the current state of mental health in Tanzania? Well, uh, according to WHO, you, you know uh, the statistics, about, according to 2019 uh, data from WHO, in the world, there's in, in every eight people, there's one person that has uh, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. You know that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But in, in Tanzania, in 100,000 people, there, there's five people who have committed suicide because of mental health problems. Mm. That's, the, that's for the past five years. That's the data from the past five years. Is that specifically the data run in Tanzania? Yes. Mm. For the past five years. There haven't been any survey or research currently, uh, but looking at the what is happening in, in our communities, or in our society, lots of suicide, people are committing suicide, people are killing each other, there's gender-based violence, there's violence against children. You know, surely this should be an indicator that things are getting worse or have uh, have gone from bad to worse. Mm. But anyway, we need we need a survey or research to uh, to validate what is happening. Right. In your current practice, are there specific yeah. mental health issues that are more prevalent in Tanzania? Yes, depression mm. comes as a number one, and and I think it's because of the uh, economic hardship, also social economic issues. Uh, um, people are depressed. You know, we have uh, lots of universities. People come out of university, they don't have a job. Mm-hmm. They don't have a direction. They are frustrated, stranded. They don't know what to do. Then they fall into depression. There are issues about relationships. You know, nowadays what is happening in social media, mm-hmm. which is positive and negative at the same time depending on what you take from the social media but then that is what is happening so depression takes um, a big part of what is happening in mental health here in Tanzania specifically in, here in my region that's Iringa giving a, yeah that's Iringa giving an example of what what has happened um, in this month just in this month we've had three people who have committed suicide Three, just in this month, and three, and one who attempted suicide. So that's a huge number in a month. Right. And those are the, yeah, and those are the ones that we have uh, information about. Exactly, because I was going to say, what's the possibility that there are some that haven't been reported? Yes, yes. So we, we presume that there must be Lots of people were committing suicide out there and we have we don't know about. So we have some initiatives that are in place to um, advocate or to address what is happening now. One of it is doing outreach programs and uh, teaching people, educating them about mental health and the risks of mental health conditions so that people can understand and know how to take care of themselves and not fall into depression, which leads into, into suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also we, um, we, we are planning to do the, um, 
we're planning to do a mental health documentary um, with the title The Voice Within, where people are living with mental health conditions, they'll be talking about their situation, their challenges in accessing mental health care services, challenges living with mental health conditions in, in their community and whether they are participating in community activities where they are given jobs or not. We'll be also talking to um, traditional healers to see if there, there's any role that they, they play helping reducing uh, these conditions or increasing in any way. That's very so, interesting. Yeah. yeah. How, before we jump into the, the, the side of the traditional healers, how is the general perception of mental health in Tanzania culture? Well, people believe, lots of people believe that mental health conditions are due to supernatural causes, witchcraft, uh-huh. demons, people with mental health conditions are cursed. Cursed, okay. Yes, and sometimes they believe it's God's punishment, that God is punishing them. Yeah, so that's a general uh, perception of, of the community here. And um most of people with mental illness or mental health conditions, they do go to traditional healers before they come to us. And then there's a huge number of people who go to traditional healers, herbalists, or in, in churches, mm-hmm. compared to those that we attend here. You know, we were doing a performance review just uh, two days ago. Only 1% out of all the patients that we see here come for mental health conditions consultation. Only one percent. Mm-hmm. So that's a very small number. When I saw the the wording in Swahili, I had this imagination that perhaps Tanzania is doing a lot better than Uganda in as far as understanding mental yeah. health is concerned. And <laughs> unfortunate, not because you know all the African countries are in one way or another the same, right? And our, our mental health condition, our mental health services are not given priority around the world, let alone African countries or African continent. So there are still lots to be done to help people with mental health conditions. There's a lot to be done. Yeah. When you mentioned the part of the traditional healers and the herbalists, are there any cultural mm. barriers that might be hindering individuals from seeking help when they need it? You know, um, having mental health condition in most of the tribes here, it's a sign of weakness. So people do not seek help. They might be struggling for a long time, but they won't seek help until it is late, until they, are, they cannot function, mm-hmm. until they are causing disturbance in their families or in their community. That's when they are sent to to the hospital or traditional healers. And are there any factors, cultural, that might be influencing people to open more about mental health conditions? It depends to which tradition, because we have lots of tradition, I mean, lots of tribes here. Mm -hmm. There are some tribes which encourage men to talk. Wow. I mean, women to talk, so not not men, <laughs> women, but <laughs> women to talk because they have their groups. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, men only act as a voice in the family. They are directors. They need, they 
tell you what to do, what needs to be done, and where, which is part of manhood, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then women are recipients. They all receive the directives from uh, the manager, the man of the house, and they'll go do what the husband is uh, asking them to do. So there are traditions where women come together in groups and talk about their own stuff. And as a medical doctor who advocates for the importance of arts in facilitating Mm -hmm. healing and speeding up recovery for both patients and their caregivers, would you Mm -hmm. please paint for us a picture of how this really works? Because when you were talking about how some people witnessed how effective this is, I wanted to ask, are you an artist? (laughs) Unfortunately, not. (laughs) How does this work? (laughs) I I I love art, but... I'm not an artist. Mm-hmm. So um, research, research has, uh, lots of research has been done in art related to medicine. You know, when you engage in art, whether actively or passively, there's that warmth, that inner feeling that you feel. Mm. Whether, whether you are listening to music or you are looking at the paint, or you're in the stadium watching soccer, or you are dancing, there's that positive feeling that you feel that helps you to become and create an environment body can heal itself. That's how it works. I thought personally, it's embarrassing to yeah. call myself an artist because I don't practice, but mm. I had various moments when I used to, when I would be feeling bad and I would, like let me try to draw something from my mind mm-hmm. and i would find mm-hmm. myself very focused on it to a point that by the time yeah. i'm done mm-hmm. i feel like wait where was i sad again before i don't remember <laughs> very well <laughs> so i thought it's a thing for just the artists what you experienced is what is happening or do happen to people who observe art mm-hmm. passively you know, you, you get focused into the art, then you forget everything at that moment. Yeah. You give you give the body time to rest, to rejuvenate or reconstruct. That's very interesting. Yeah. And then, then there's also this, uh, it's a science of it. It's called neuroplasticity. I've heard of neuroplasticity. that. Yeah, you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, neuroplasticity is the ability of the brain to regenerate. You know, there's a brain as a whole, but there are neurons, small, small cells that connect, take information from one neuron to another or process the information that you observe, touch, feel, and then translate and command the body to act on. So when you feel happy, You create more connections, more pathways of positivity rather than connect, uh, creating those uh, pathways of negativity. So you, pro- you produce more chemicals that will help you process information better. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And the mind, and the body, I mean, the, the brain will be, will be able to heal, to command the body, to help the body heal itself. All right. Yeah. <laughs> 
So when I, what I get from this is that there is no specific group that can get benefits from art, but rather every other person that might not be well. Yes, yes. All right. And then when you spoke about the beat of art, I had you talking about music and then also going mm-hmm. as far as sports. Are there specific yeah. techniques of art or activities that you have found to be more effective in aiding healing? Well, that depends on the uh, type of clients or patients that we have at that moment. For example, um, children with burn injuries mm-hmm. respond more in painting and drawing. With burn injuries? And also music. Yes. Wow. Yeah, we use art in, in children or patients with burn injury. So they respond well in, in painting, drawing. It helps them, you know, stretch their arms, legs, depending which part of the body is burnt. Mm-hmm. And um, also forget about pain at that moment. Because you are scared if you move, you feel pain. Right. But because of the, because of the activity that you're doing, instead of the the injury that they have or the wound that they have from the yeah from whatever whether it is burn or anything else. So at, at that moment when you pay attention to what you're doing, whether and in this case drawing, you forget about the pain yeah. and you allow the body to heal. You'll be stretching your arms. You'll be stretching your legs. And different parts of the body that is burnt or has the injury and help the body to heal itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot to learn. Yeah. When you come to the role of mental health experts, I, I had to look you up recently and I noticed that you were an attendee at, uh, <laughs> at the evaluation meeting of the five-year action plan to end violence against women and children. Mm. What role do mental health practitioners play in uh, the alleviation of these forms of violence? You know, some of the violence are due to mental health conditions. People with mental health conditions, they might be the ones that commit violence because they cannot, um, well, they cannot regret maybe their thoughts, mm-hmm. emotions, and uh, actions sometimes. So, um, I mean, think of the person that has been abused during their childhood mm-hmm. and has grown to be an adult. There are chance there, there's a possibility that this person will do the same to other people. Uh-huh. Yeah. So because of the trauma that this person has gone through, and then there's this part of this person that cannot control their emotions or their uh, their actions, or they see everybody as an enemy. Mm. Or, yeah. So, um, they'll be defending themselves every time. See, now, this condition is called post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. Because of the past events, people cannot, you know, can, <laughs> I want to say fit in, but... They don't get along with other people. And because of the past events, there's a chance that this person might be violent or commit violence to other people. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like the fact that you have brought up the part of uh, you have related this experience of violence as a child to mm-hmm. what impact it has to someone who grows into an adult. I have a specific mm-hmm. uncle that I think about a lot and I don't even know how to have this conversation with him because he he believes he knows it all, but his mom, may she rest in peace, stepmother to my mother, yeah. deserted them and left them on the veranda. They watched their mother leaving. Oh. She swept the house clean, like took the property, oh. left all her kids on the veranda and they watched him enter another man's car. I am now looking at my uncle who does not say his age, but I think he is now in his 50s. He cannot have relationships with women. The first thing that he sees on a woman, he's looking for, what is it that you're going to steal from me? When it comes to accusations, he's saying, you you, you stole something from me. You're Mm -hmm. robbing my company. Mm -hmm. And then, To be honest, in most cases, when I look at him, he cannot have a clear distinction between who is cheating him and who isn't. The ones that we see are really cheating him. He doesn't see them. He always goes for, in most cases, it's always the women first. And when you look at his relationships as well, my friend. And now he's extended to the kids as well, because now, hey, it's a lot. They have been brought up that way, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. what specific services and support can be offered by the mental health professionals in that area? The services are, depends on uh, which type of uh, violence that has the victim has gone through. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are physical violence, emotional violence. Uh, sexual violence, but in general, we have psychotherapy. And we do the psychotherapy for uh, the victim. Mm-hmm. There is counseling for the uh, victim and the relatives. Because, you know, the, the victim might, might be in the process of healing, but then they might be pulled back by close relatives, reminding this person of what has happened to them. Yeah. So there's counseling. Uh, we do counseling to victims and also relatives, cross relatives. We do cognitive behavioral therapy to help them to become aware of who they are and this distinguish between what has happened and who they are and not let them define themselves to what because of what has happened to them. And we also do uh, group therapy. We co- uh, we bring them together and uh, lead them into talking about what has happened and plan for their future in general. I like the fact that you've brought up the part of group therapy. It's something that I had to have a conversation with uh, some psychologists. And mm-hmm. how easy is it to have the group therapy sessions in Tanzania? How receptive is that community to the idea? Generally, people, this is new. Uh-huh. I must say it's new. It's not something that has been done, but we are trying. But, you know, people like to keep their stuff private. Right. Having their stuff spoken in groups you are not sure that the people who are there, mm-hmm. part, uh, they are part of the group, will keep the things that will be spoken in the group. Mm-hmm. So not so many people come into those groups. 
but we are getting there and um, kidogo kidogo is that kidogo kidogo yeah kidogo kidogo will get there kidogo kidogo i wanted to test my swahili <laughs> You're getting better. Keep that friend of yours. <laughs> When we get to talk about the importance of raising awareness, yeah. Is there a possibility for us to effectively raise awareness while being culturally sensitive? Yes. I think there is a possibility. You know, people need to be informed of what is what is happening and how what is happening affects everybody else or somebody somewhere because uh, sometimes it's lack of educational information that people stay ignorant or they hold it, they hold on into their traditional culture which negatively affect other people so i believe if we reach out to people listen to them learn about their culture learn what they believe understand the cultural effect of your information to them the impact of the information that you have, you you bring into this culture and the effect that will lead into might help you filter some of the things or rephrase some of the sentences that you might use in certain areas Have you ever found yourself in a position where you had to be culturally sensitive? Yes. Can you give us a scenario? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um well it's it's not about mental health it's it's something else it's some something different. Mm-hmm. So we you know you know um circumcision? Yeah, exactly. I do. I do. Yeah. I do. Because you know I was going to I was going to when you were talking when I brought in the part of culture sensitivity and then yeah. also combining it with the part of GBV the first thing that my mind ran straight to a book that I read about Ethiopian war but it had also covered the culture you know environment mm. in Ethiopia no no not Ethiopia Somalia and mm-hmm. there was a disgust around women who are non circumcised but when you read yeah. about the circumcision of the women it's mm. it's crazy you're like are, are you kidding me mm-hmm. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. the good, it's a very good thing that we're almost in the same line so let's hear yeah it. so uh there are parts of the regions here people believe that when a man is circumcised lose their manhood they cannot perform the sex act so in those regions people are not circumcised region yep as not the region region as region but areas certain tribes believe uh if a man is circumcised then loses their ability to perform the sex act mm So you want to go there to talk to them about circumcision to prevent HIV AIDS transmission. Mm-hmm. See, it's not easy and it wasn't easy, but slowly uh, they understood and people started getting circumcised. But up to date, there are people who are not circumcised. Well, they still believe that uh, this thing It's should not, not be done and uh it's not just if in Tanzania. I, <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not just where it's not just in Tanzania that <laughs> it's not just in Tanzania that they are in circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> 
<laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Do you feel like there is something that you could have left out in this conversation that you feel like you should have talked about? Yeah, um it's about putting yourself out there to help other people. Mm. And volunteering into activities to help other people without expecting money back. Mm. or payment we are facing uh, lots of challenges getting people to volunteer in our programs so i wish people could understand that if you help a neighbor you are helping yourself in another way so we should go out there volunteer in projects that help more than just you yeah yeah, let's let's help one another people because people are struggling with lots of lots of things which uh, leads into uh, mental health conditions or mental health challenges. So let's go out there, participate into art activities and other volunteer activities to help each other without expecting anything. Mm. And my sister, yeah, my sister is that. Yo, you're really driven a lot by money. <laughs> people are still asking me. So how are you going? To, how, still, much, how much are you going to pay me? Uh, oh yes, am, and they're am, still asking me how much I'm paid. I am, I am doing your podcast. How much are you going to pay me? Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and they're also asking me how much I'm making from the podcast, and I have no answer. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> and making you doubt your call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if, if, we, if we all do what you're doing, which I believe you're doing an amazing, amazing, amazing work. Thank you so much. Because uh, the last shout out to mental health. No, not everybody's doing, everybody's doing it, something else, not mental health. And then there's stigma around mental health. So... Shout out to you. Oh, thank Kudos. you. Thank you so much. You're doing, a, you're doing a great job. And then for any message to someone that may be struggling mentally, because when we close off this um, month, the Suicide mm -hmm. Prevention Awareness Month, we yeah. shall be preparing ourselves for 10th October, Mental Health Day. Yeah. What message yes. would you love for us to walk away with for these for this month and that specific day? Reach out, reach out to people. Do, don't confine yourself in in the room. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. You're not alone. There are people who are going through the same thing that you're going through, and maybe even worse. Reach out. There are services out there. There are people who are willing to help. Just reach out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Christian. Thank you. Thank you so much. I had a good time. You did. I'm glad you did. Yeah. It means a lot. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much for hanging out with us to the very end. And thank you, Dr. Christian, for giving us your time to take us on this journey into Tanzania. If you loved this episode, do me a favor and hit the subscribe button in your podcast platform of choice. I just learned that Google Podcasts is going to close as of next year. And I'm like, why do these guys keep doing this? Stitcher left, now Google Podcasts is leaving. There's gonna be an option, so we shall be sure to announce what option will be rolling out in favor of Google. But before then, please 
subscribe wherever you're listening in from and also feel free to share your insights about what connected with you on social media and targets we are at hashtag with nabuzi chwanka on facebook and instagram and on x our handle is at htnk podcast or you can use the hashtag htnk in session ciao